Sleepers Podcast. It's G. We got Cart with me as always. It's been a while. Carter Elliott is a family man now. He's a husband. And I don't know if that correlates to why he's wearing a frowny face hat and sunglasses, but uh, I feel like you need to comment on that, Cart. Yeah, no, this is how I'm seeing the slate on a day-to-day basis for college basketball betting right now. Uh, if it looks like I'm blind, it's because I am. I'm not seeing the slate well. I'm sad. Uh, nothing's making sense right now. Uh, Wisconsin's beating Houston. Uh, Davison, Brad Davison's going off. Johnny Davis is going for 30 points. Marcus Sasser can't hit open threes. Life just hurts a little bit right now. Georgia. Might be the worst basketball team I've ever seen in my life. Don't show up if you don't want to play. All right? You got ran off the floor by a whole-ass Northwestern. Have some respect for yourself. Deep breath, my friend. I, uh, I, we got to be honest. We violated one of our very simple principles, which is don't press. And by don't press, I mean don't bet on teams you don't really know shit about. Like As much as we want to act like we know a lot of teams and we watch a ton of college hoop, which we do, Neither one of us know shit about Georgia. We just saw that that line was plus eight and it was against Northwestern. And we were like, we got to bet it. And within four minutes, it was like, they're going to lose this by 20. But you know why? It's just the heartbreakers happen. And we're not going to make this a venting session. The heartbreakers happen. But damn, can a break go our way? Just one bounce. I love that question. I would just love one. a break. Do you know I'm what I would do for, for anything crazy? I'm not asking you just get me out of the hole. I'm just asking something to just make me get through the day. Give me something to get out of bed in the morning besides my loving family and wife that I newly acquired. Thank God for my nuptials. But God damn it, I need something else. I need something to get up out of bed in the morning for is your quote three days after your wedding. Ladies and gentlemen, Carter Elliott and ladies and gentlemen, the sleepers. It's who we are. Uh, let's start by actually just quick touching base on your wedding. It was one of the best weekends of my life. My friend, I had a blast, uh, open bar at like all night. And then a booth at the bar after the reception. So basically it was a movie all day long. Carter was on his best behavior and also his best performance. Must I say, like, if I know we made a lot of it before, like you are someone who can go in any social setting and thrive. You made sure you were hitting everybody at that table. You were making the rounds. You were putting on for family, for friends. I was impressed all in all, Card. I thought you were a very good groom. Means a lot, G. And you know what? Best day of my life by far. Not even the cliche thing. It really was the best day of my life by far. Besides the parlay that all our grooms been put in that we lost before we even left to go to the goddamn ceremony because Michigan State was down 40-0 before I could even put on my socks. Yeah, we thought we were being safe by doing like MSU plus 27, and it was done in three minutes. Uh, It's what we get betting with our hearts yet again. uh, We won't make that mistake anymore. Back to the simple betting Bible principles. And here we are trying to talk hoops. Apologize to all the listeners who uh, have been wanting more sleepers podcasts lately. We've been a little busy doing weddings and attending weddings. As you can see, Carter is going on his honeymoon next week. Uh, I'm still adjusting to this whole new full-time sports thing. It's busier than I thought, which is very fun, uh, but it's a lot of work. So no excuses. We got to be better. We do plan to do a lot more content, but uh, hopefully it will be coming in the near future with a bang when we both return from our various vacations that we are entering into. Um, But today, Cart, a lot has happened since we've done one of these, and a lot has happened with the Michigan Wolverines. 
who just so happened to not be what I thought they would be. You want to start with those guys? Yeah, uh, I think that yesterday was the very first time in the Juwan era where I saw a team that just did what did not want to. I don't want to say not want to be there, but the energy just wasn't there. There was no swagger. Uh, there was no heart. Arizona played extremely hard. They were having a good time, having fun. And Michigan just didn't have it in all aspects. I mean, Hunter Dickinson's getting outplayed by Christian Coloco. All respect to him. He played extremely well, but he's playing an All-American to Hunter Dickinson off the floor. And you have Hunter Dickinson at seven foot missing point blank layups. Like, you know, that's that's just not something that happens. And I think that, you know, I'm gonna let you get into it more, G, but I think you made a great point that this Michigan team doesn't really have an identity. As of now, I think it's a team that's out there trying to figure it out. Um, and also, maybe you got to tame your expectations a little bit. Like, we all thought Devontae Jones was going to be an extremely good point guard. And honestly, the numbers are there. But along with those numbers are the fact that he loves the foul 97 feet from the goddamn basket all the time in situations where you don't need the foul. So, look, the, the talent is there. Um, it's Juwan and the player's job to figure it out figure out what works and make it happen. It's early, but right now this is a team that they need to kind of get it together. And I'd be interested to know your thoughts on what you saw from that Arizona game. Cause I saw a team that just got absolutely dog walked both on the floor and emotionally and with the energy. Yeah, it was a dog walking. I think you stated it best uh, when you just said it's the first time in the Jawan Howard era where it looked like a team that didn't really want to be there. I think to summarize that specific 40 minute game, they didn't compete, and it truly was the first game in Juwan Howard's tenure that they didn't compete. They make a whole mantra out of four competitors only, and that's cute to put on a T-shirt. It ain't cute when you just are playing like you don't want to be there, and that's what happened. It is rare. Uh, I don't think this is something to worry about necessarily going forward. I think, uh, if anything, there might be certain guys who on the team will have to take steps back and maybe aren't mentally built for what this team needs them to be. And we can talk specifics on that in just a moment. Um, but for now, yeah, the, the overall team, which let's, let's be real is Hunter Dickinson's team. He sets the tone that team didn't compete. And Hunter Dickinson to me really didn't compete. He was getting owned in the paint. He really stopped competing defensively. He was letting guys have uncontested layups and they really took him out of the game from start to finish with a really great game plan. They were hard doubling him on the catch every single time. I don't know why any team in the country would not do that to Michigan going forward because they don't have the shooters to beat that type of defense. Like if you can just take Hunter Dickinson entirely out of a game, why not do it? Um, and simply put for this team with how talented they are, but the parts that don't necessarily add up, they need Hunter Dickinson to be first team All-American Hunter Dickinson. They need 20 and 10 any given night against good teams from Hunter Dickinson, not 16 and seven. They got 16 and seven last year when they had Franz Wagner, who's killing in the NBA, by the way, when they had Isaiah Livers, when they had Mike Smith, when they had Sean D. Brown. So we're right now we're getting the same Hunter we had last year and all the other parts just don't mesh. I don't want to say they're not as good. They just don't mesh the way last year's team did. Yeah, that big Dickinson energy is going to be buy one, get one free pretty soon. You're going to pick that shit up. I would say I know, I mean, from seeing him at Media Day, I can promise you Hunter Dickinson is sick about this start right now because he's losing hella revenue on his big Dickinson energy shirt. Facts. And also, like, you know, like you said, 
you know, I'm worried about, I'm not necessarily worried about Hunter Dickinson, though, because I think that he can be a type of guy. He has the ability to be a 20 and 10 guy. Maybe he just needs to realize that he needs to be that guy. Um, it shouldn't be at this point of the year. I think he should came into this year being that guy. You're coming back to school to be that guy. Like, that's what, you know, that's kind of what it is. But also, there's a lot of other things with this team that just really aren't adding up. Like, for example, if this hand right here is it, okay, this hand is Brandon Johns, okay? Now, stick with me, people. That means Brandon Johns is not it, okay? Let it go, all right? You got talent. Musa Diabate, I think, could possibly be it. Now, he needs to figure some things out. He's still playing the game. You know, he hasn't played it too long. He's a little bit new. But the fact of the matter is, I just don't think you can have that type of talent, athleticism, and length on the bench over Brandon Johns, who is not showing you that he should be getting those minutes. Like, I don't – I'm never a fan of college basketball teams and college basketball players that give – you know, get minutes just because they've been there for so long. That's not how it works. That's not how you win games. You got to earn minutes no matter what year you are and what year you're playing. Now, is Diabate having some issues on the floor? Yeah, like he's a freshman. That happens. But Brandon Johns is having the same type of issues, I feel like. Same and issues. he's not a threat from three. So at this point, you know, I don't know. I'd rather play my lottery pick over my not lottery pick. And this is coming from a Michigan State fan. Okay, I know how this goes, but this is looking very Michigan Statey, you know, playing other players yeah. over your lottery pick. I'm just saying. So a couple of things. I love how much you love Musa Diabate. I'm also screaming, like, just give him the job. Right now you got three power forwards, and it's the same thing as when you got two quarterbacks. When you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one. When you have three power forwards playing 45 minutes total between the three of them, you don't have one. And Musa Diabate probably deserves – 25 minutes a night and see what that looks like right now. He's playing 16. It's not cutting it. But as much as I love your love for Musa Diabate, he's not a lottery pick. Now, if he gets thrown into a 25, 30 minute role and Michigan really turns things around, maybe he gets there. But if anything, he's like a two year lottery pick type. He needs to play true center. He makes a lot more mistakes as much as I love him. Like mm -hmm. he literally just botches simple offensive sets and as talented as he is, he's not processing the game at a lottery pick level right now. Okay, true. You know what? And I will and I will say that he does make a lot of mistakes. Um, what I'm saying is one day I think he will be a lottery yes. pick when he puts yeah. it together. Just on potential alone, I can see a team even drafting him in the lottery because I think the tools are there. More so what I'm saying is that nothing right now Brandon Johns is doing yes. is saying that's his job besides the fact that he – you know, is closer to his degree than Musa Diabate. That's it. So totally you know. agree. Totally agree. And I think honestly, the way I think it will play out is that Diabate is going to spend one year at Michigan. He's going to play probably 20 minutes a game by conference play. The team's going to be okay. Not great. And he's going to get drafted in the late first, early second round. And we're going to all look back like, damn, we really wasted Musa Diabate. I hope that doesn't happen. And I think if he stays a second year, then he's the starting center and he probably works his way into clear lottery pick contention. Um, but to your point, Brandon Johns, no, we've, we've tried Brandon Johns. It's like, it, it, like people want you to expand your palate growing up, right? I was a picky eater as a child. I had chicken tenders and fries and people would be like, Oh, try this tuna. You're going to love this tuna. 
And I would be like, no, I've had that tuna before. I know I don't like that. Thank you for the offer, but I don't need that. I'll stick to my chicken fingers. That's what Brandon Johns is. Like, we've seen what he is. He hasn't developed. He's not going to develop. If it's between the ears or if it's like, it's not even just between the ears. That's my biggest pet peeve with Michigan fans about this is like, oh, Brandon Johns, if he could just get some confidence, if he could just figure it out. Then what? He's averaged like four points and four rebounds on his career when even given a decent size role. Like, it's not like he's shown flashes to all of a sudden be an NBA player. Like, he has a solid physical stature for a college four. That's literally all he has. Now, he's messed up between the years, but he's also not productive on the court. And it's not because of just between the ears. He can't shoot. He can't handle. He messes up defensive rotations constantly. He's as least skilled of any fours in the Big Ten Conference, and there's not a ton of skilled fours in the Big Ten Conference. So I don't really get the clamoring for more Brandon Johns minutes. In fact, like my biggest uh, gripe with Michigan fans right now, as you know, I'm plugged into like umhoops.com and I'm constantly going back and forth with people on Twitter, all that. My biggest gripe right now is that when people talk about the four spot between Diabate, between Johns, and between Terrence Williams, they always talk about like, oh, Terrence Williams is so improved. Musa Diabate is so talented. And Brandon Johns also does some things. But nobody ever names the things that he does. Like, I'm, I'm literally waiting for someone to tell me what Brandon Johns does well on a basketball court or, like, at least what he does that the other two can't do. Because Terrence Williams and Musa Diabate can do everything Brandon Johns can do, but better. And this team would be better served if Brandon Johns just, quite frankly, didn't exist. <laughs> Wow. I'll, I'll go there. I know that sounds super harsh, but like, look, sometimes you don't need 11 guys, right? Sometimes you need eight that really make sense. And right now this entire team's rotation is fucked up, quite frankly, because Jawan and staff are trying to play three guys that can't shoot at the three and the four that are either true power forwards or hybrid centers. And like I said, with Terrence Williams, at least there's potential, right? He's going to be a four-year guy at Michigan. And by the time he's a senior, he's probably going to piss some people off. He plays hard. He gets dirty. I'm okay with that. Diabate, all the talent in the world. He just needs to be on the court more. Both of those things happen if Brandon Johns just doesn't exist. And I'm sorry I said it, but like they, this, this team has to pick two of those three, and then they'll go somewhere. All right, you know what, G? Here's what I'm going to you're going to see something really rare out of me right here. I'm going to flip this to a very positive note for Michigan. Okay. Oh, okay. It's early. All right. Uh, I, I know, I know, I know that's, that sucks to hear, but <laughs> what I'm hearing is this is a lot of things that could be fixable. Okay. Uh, simply cutting Brandon John's minutes or simply tightening rotation could do a lot of things for this team. Um, you know, I, I feel like every good team, the goal on paper, just the cliche thing is to, by the time you get the conference play, you need to be playing your best basketball. So, you know, maybe like a little gut check against getting ran off the floor against Arizona will help this team realize, and maybe even humble them a little bit and realize that, you know, it's not, it, this is different. This isn't last year. It's time to play. Guys got to step up. And, you know, I, I have a good feeling by the time that they get to conference play, they will be, you know, the rotations will be tightened up a little bit. And I think the least of my worries, I think the it's 
it's just so weird to me because when I used to watch Devontae Jones at Coastal Carolina, he never struck me as a player that made mental mistakes. Like I thought, I, 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 I thought he was like a solid guard, but the fact of the matter is like in big time games down the stretch, don't want to be that guy, but he's showing like some Russell Westbrook type tendencies, like turning the ball over mm-hmm. stupid fouls, not making the right play, trying to do too much. It's just, it, it's, it's very strange. Uh, now hopefully he can figure it out, but you know, you can, you can if yourself to death in college basketball. And next thing you know, you're playing in a playing game against UCLA and you're ifing if you'll make a run in the tournament and then you lose. So, you know, this can only go so far. Yeah. So I, I think Devontae Jones is receiving a lot of backlash from Michigan fans. And quite frankly, I feel like he's getting the worst of this so far. Other than maybe, which he, sh- which he shouldn't be, I don't he think. Shouldn't. He shouldn't. I, I want to because he because I'll let you go. Sorry, but because he's making plays, right? Like he's you know he's he's scoring. I think when he needs to, I think he could be a little more aggressive. To be honest, um, he seems a little tentative sometimes. Uh, I you know he's passing the ball. He's one of the best rebounding point guards I think in the country. Honestly, I mean he's mm-hmm. on on any given night he could get you double digit rebounds. Mm-hmm. It's just um, when you make those mistakes at crucial points of the game. Unfortunately, that's the way the game of basketball works. Like, yeah, you had a triple-double, but we're, tra- we're trying to win the game here, and you're fouling 90 feet from the basket or you're turning the ball over. You know, that that is what it is. Yeah, so I think it's a couple things. One, I, I didn't watch enough Devontae Jones at Coastal Carolina to tell you whether or not he took gambles like he does at Michigan or whether he was sloppy or anything like that. I've only seen highlights, and I think maybe two full games in his career. Um I, my, my current answer to that would be a lot of these tendencies were there at coastal, but you didn't notice them because at coastal, he needed to be a guy who takes risks and does everything. Like Mm -hmm. you make a mistake at coastal Carolina when you're playing North Carolina and oh, well, you're playing North Carolina. Like you got to try something. You make a mistake at, at Michigan playing Arizona. And it's like, holy shit, you guys were supposed to win this game by 10. Why aren't you Mike Smith? Like, and why, now why here's, aren't you Mike Smith? here's the thing he's a lot closer to Mike Smith than people want to give him credit for okay like you look at his assist rate he has a better assist rate than Mike Smith did at Michigan you look at his turnover rate right on par Jones is a little worse but it's very similar and Smith by all accounts is someone who took so much good care of the ball last year uh if there's one thing he needs to do better it's attempt more threes He's shooting 43% at Michigan from three right now on his career. He's a 33% shooter from three, taking over four attempts per game this year. He's taking less than two attempts per game and he's passing up good looks. Like he passed up a very open three late in the game um, that, uh, that just stood out for me. It's like this team is lacking shooters so much that if you're a guy who can shoot four a game and make 33%, which is literally who Devontae Jones is, on teams where he had to take pretty tough threes. Like this team needs you to take those shots. So I I think a lot of this is fixable for him. Um, I think the late game stuff is a weird combination because I think this team so desperately needs him to be the guy who has the ball in his hands late in games. And he's not. And part of the reason he's not right now is because Eli Brooks has been phenomenal. I owe Eli Brooks an apology. Right now, he's on pace to be a 50, 40, 90 guy 
averaging like 16 points a game and doing a ton of stuff off the dribble. I mean, he is something I never thought he would be. I'm still skeptical he can sustain this for an entire season. And I think you're also seeing what the result for a team is when Eli Brooks is your best player, right? Right. Because as good as Eli Brooks is, if that is your best guard, you're probably going to go three and two and lose games to good teams. Yeah. And, you know, another little bright side tip it like you did not think you were going to get this Eli Brooks during this year. No. And you expected other people to do things like now everyone else ups their level a little bit and plays on the level that Eli's playing on. This is a very scary team. But, you know, you got to execute. You have a dominant post player like Hunter Dickinson, who by all accounts, I think everybody would say Hunter Dickinson is a good passer. Borderline, like great passer out of the post, at least. I'm not saying he's like a potentially great. Yeah, I don't think he's like a, you know what I'm saying? Not like a Jokic type pass or anything like that. But fact of the matter is he's seven feet tall. If you double him, he's able to pass out of the post in most situations. So you can either cut to get an open shot or, you know, you got to be able to knock down those shots. And right now the only person doing it is Eli Brooks. Now, uh, Houston, he struggled in that Arizona game. That's going to happen. Freshman, that shit happens. But unfortunately, this Michigan team needs him to be great. So he's got to get it done. He's not, you know, Michigan state needs their freshman and Max Christie to play well, Michigan needs their freshman and Houston to play well. Like it is what it is. Yeah. Here's the thing. He didn't just struggle in that game. He struggled the entirety of this season, other than the first 10 minutes of the first game of the season, when he looked like an instant one and done top five pick. We need to go back to those texts I was getting sent to that you were sending to me during the first 10 minutes of that game. I mean, in that 10 minute stretch, he, I think he had like eight quick points. He had an, and one where he sprinted the floor and finished through contact. He hit, I want to say two threes. He was guarding. He had like three assists off no look passes and pick and rolls. Caleb Houston is capable, but Caleb Houston right now, if there's one guy you want to point a finger at should be him. Quite frankly, other than Dickinson, who, again, it's his team. He just needs to compete harder than he did in the Arizona game. But performance wise, production wise, Caleb Houston is not what he needs to be. And is that fair to Caleb Houston that he needs to be crazy good for this Michigan team? Maybe not, Um, but he does. And he's capable, right? He legitimately is a lottery pick. Even if he plays poorly this season, he's going to get taken in the late lottery. Like he just is off pedigree alone. Now, I would certainly love as a Michigan fan to see some of that come to fruition while he's in college because he should be a 40% shooter. He should be a secondary creator. He should average three assists per game. But right now he just looks totally lost. He is uh, as bad of a defender on the wing that I can remember from a freshman at Michigan. And that's saying a lot because we've seen some freshmen very lost on the defensive end. Jordan Poole was lost. Nick Stauskas was not good. Uh, Cam Chapman was all around horrible, both offensively and defensively, but Houston is like, can't stay in front of anybody bad missing rotations, can't rebound. And if he's going to give you that on one end, he better shoot the piss out of the ball on the other end. Right now, I think he's shooting 20% from three airballing wide open threes. Yeah. Missing two free throws. Just way too good of a shooter to (sighs) shoot like that. It's like, not use that's, you know, you just said it's not fair to, you know, put that all on them. But to be honest, it's fair for us to be like, you can't be shooting 20% and missing two free throws when you shoot the ball as well as you do. And his jumper is as pretty as it is. Right. Like just absolute beautiful form, absolute beautiful jump shot. 
There's no reason you shouldn't be letting it fly. You, sh- I mean, shoot it with confidence, knock it down, let it fly. Like, you know, grow up. You can do it. Right. And look, part of the reason he's pressed into a really tough spot is because of the way this roster has been put together. And if there's one thing I am concerned most about going forward, it is that Jawan Howard does not seem to assemble rosters that care about shooting the basketball offensively from three. Um, This roster to me has two shooters. Eli Brooks is one and Caleb Houston is the other. Eli Brooks has to have the ball in his hands late in games. So doesn't really do you well when you have your only good shooter running pick and roll ball handling drills with four guys who can't shoot around him. I think the lack of shooting around him is killing Hunter Dickinson. I mean, Hunter Dickinson needs threats around him to be able to go to work. If Hunter Dickinson gets one-on-one opportunities, Hunter Dickinson will win his matchup every single game. But right now he's not getting one-on-one opportunities. And that doesn't change when Caleb Houston shoots 20% on wide open threes. Um, And look, there's not other answers off the bench. What are you going to do? Bring Frankie Collins in as a shooting threat. Kobe Bufkin is supposed to be that, but right now Adrian Nunez is ahead of him in the rotation. It just doesn't make sense. Those three guys at the four I talked about, none of them can shoot. Even if you're playing Diabate 40 minutes a game with Dickinson, spacing stinks on that team. So, look, we knew this was going to be a departure from John Beeline-style Michigan teams. That's fine, uh, but this is pretty drastic, and I think it's a whole new way that a Michigan team has to win. Uh, And if you look at their recruiting class for next year, Jed Howard can shoot, but the other four guys they're bringing in can't. So, to me – Jawan doesn't really care about that. You're going to see some ugly offensive basketball. You better see some elite defensive basketball. And uh, with these one and done freshmen, that's asking quite a lot. Right. And I wouldn't even call Jet Howard a shooter necessarily. I think he can knock down shots, but I'm, he doesn't really strike me as a just a knockdown shooter unless I'm missing something there. I think you're missing a little. I wouldn't okay. say he's like a sniper, but Jet honestly, uh, Jet reminds me of Max Christie with just a slightly worse jumper. So speaking of Max Christie, let's do a little Christie Houston check-in because I think we should do this periodically throughout the season. Uh, These two, whether fair or not, will always be compared to each other. They're playing similar roles. I think we talked preseason and said if you swapped them, that um, you would expect the guy on Michigan State to put up a little more prolific numbers. You would expect the guy in Michigan to shoot a little bit of a higher percentage. Uh, Right now, both of those go Max Christie's way. He's shooting a better percentage. He's putting up better numbers. He's all around been a much better player. He's leading Michigan State in minutes. Uh, Caleb Houston is actually playing the second most minutes on Michigan despite his poor play, so he's not far off there. But uh, I would just like to go on record that I see you, Max Christie, and Card. Uh, you- uh, call him by call him call him by his name, Greg. That's a you thing. That's not a me thing. Um, it's a thing. It's you're trying to make it a thing. I wouldn't call it a thing yet. It's like make it a thing. It's his name. Is Cormac Christie when he plays well and Max is when he plays poorly, or are we just always going Cormac? Well, I mean, I guess he's Cormac because he hasn't played poorly yet. Look, if you would give me the option to trade Houston for Christie, I'd take Christie in a heartbeat right now. And that's not I look, Houston, I love what he could do as a passer, but Michigan needs someone that can just make open shots. And damn it, I know Max Christie's going to do that. Damn it. I thought if I turned it upside down, it looked like a smiley face. But that makes me happy that you said that, Gregory. And I agree with you. Uh, do we want to move to Michigan State, or are you done with your Michigan your Michigan talk? Um, I, Let me just end on this. They're going to finish second in this conference still. 
behind Purdue. Behind Purdue. Yeah, they're they're way behind Purdue. Purdue might win the league by five games, but um, yes, this this team finishes second in the conference and is a no brainer. Okay. All right. So our I think if we're touching on what we we talked about at the start of the year, I think you had I think you did have Michigan winning the conference, correct? I this this cycled for me, I'll be honest. Over the last I month think I, year, I think I think me and you originally picked Michigan. I think we actually originally both of us picked Michigan. I had um, Michigan and at then, the start. And then to Illinois. I had Michigan at the start and then I had Illinois. And I think there was like a two-day period where at some point I convinced myself it was Purdue, but then I heard Travion was coming off the bench and then I was clowning Purdue for that. So uh yeah, no, I we were we were both wrong. Let's just be real. Purdue's winning this league by like five games. Is Purdue the best team in the country? No. Can you make an argument that they're the best team in the country? No, you can't. But you – well, I heard your argument on the field of 68 after dark, which Carter Elliott has been gracing with his presence about once a week. He's been doing a great job. Everybody subscribe. Go do that. Support me. Support Carter. Thank you very much. But uh, you made a very good argument about it. I enjoyed the argument. I disagree with the argument. But I like your premise of, like, if Purdue played Gonzaga – Purdue matches up better with Gonzaga than anybody else ever could, right? Because, like, mm-hmm. what does Drew Timmy do against Zach Eady? I don't know. Like, I still think he probably finds ways to score, but, like, at least there's an answer there. And I don't know that Gonzaga has an answer for Jaden Ivey. So, I like, like, Purdue to me is the only team that I would consider, like, maybe toss-up with Gonzaga if they played head-to-head. But I think, like, in general, Gonzaga is a little better and poses more matchup concerns for everybody else than Purdue. Like, as good as Purdue might be matchup-wise with Gonzaga, I think there's teams that can exploit Purdue, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I agree. There is some – I think, to, to the point you're making, I think there's really good coaches mm-hmm. in this game who can game plan a way to attack Purdue. Um, I don't know what it is exactly, but in my head it'd be something as far as maybe – exposing the matchup with uh, Stefanovic or something that draws Zach Eady out of the paint. Mm-hmm. Uh, not necessarily sure what the actual strategy would be, but I think there's some really good coaches out there and staff that can game plan to attack Purdue and, you know, uh, uh, come out on top in that game. Um, as a whole, the Big Ten has just been down this year it's been absolutely trash i thought the acc was bad but good lord you know that spider-man pointing me literally the acc and the big 10 just pointing at each other oh man yeah it's it's weird i think uh in general this feels like a down ish year for college basketball anywhere from like 11 to 50 like i think the top 10 is still very strong and it's wide open but I think 11 to 50 feels like, ugh, they're, these teams are bad. Like teams that would normally be on the bubble are probably going to like waltz right into the tournament. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you. To me, Purdue separated themselves. The Big Ten is as bad as I can remember it being, which is part of why I still have Michigan finishing second. I don't really mm-hmm. think anybody's good in this conference. Um, yeah. I, I think Illinois' problems are here to stay, by the way. Uh, I, like I still want to like Curbelo and Coburn, but like I think everybody hates playing with Andre Curbelo. Yeah, I think that people wanted to convince themselves that Andre Curbelo is the next coming or a shorter version of Lonzo Ball, when in all actuality, he's an asshole version of Ish Smith. Um, So it's time to come to grips with that. Uh, There's PGs out there that average more turnovers and assists. Not good. Uh, You don't got to be a basketball junkie or 
you know, analysts to break that down. And, and I've said this a bunch of times on other things, like literally just doing so much, like just doing way too much, bro. Just stop. You just, it's annoying. And, I, and you know what, as a player who has played with players that have done too much before, and because I don't want Zach Hurth to get pissed at this, it's not about you, Zach. So I know you're going to listen to this. He's going to automatically think it's about him. It's not. And it's none of my high school teammates actually as well. But having hey, the name names, I mean, process of elimination here. Like I'm like, I got some names in mind who it could be. Name a name. Who, who did, who wait, did who you got in your who, who you got in your head? No, who did too much that you played with? Uh, all right, he's my boy. So just, I'll let that be known by now. But his name is Vince. Vince Hill. Just man, the dude thought he was D Rose. He was always doing just a little too much for my liking, uh, and it it affected everybody else. It like it didn't make it fun to play with them because you're just doing so much all the time, and it's just like play your game. The coaches always say, you know, play your role, accept your role, excel in your role. When you do stuff like Curbelo is a guy who's not going to accept his role no matter what. Like the fact of the matter is right now he's having this bad stretch of games. And I can, I guarantee the only thing in his head, he's like, man, fuck it. I'm gonna come out there and ball next game. I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do it. Like I'm like that. I'm Andre Curbelo. I'm gonna make it happen. But maybe you just need to take a deep breath, eat a nice little piece of humble champagne pie and get it together. Yeah. So I, I think there's a couple problems with that one. I think, uh, Andre Curbelo's role, like you're talking about, he's never going to be a guy who just plays his role. I think the problem is, isn't his role supposed to be a superstar this year? It's not like he's being asked to be a game manager. Like if Illinois was going to work and the reason people liked this roster was because it was like Carbello is going to be dynamic as hell. He's going to be the best pick and roll guy in the country. I got, I, I understand that, but also I don't, I, to be honest, I don't think that Andre Cabello needs to be a superstar for this team to be really that good. I think that he has enough talent around him with players like Kofi down low, Frazier on the wing. You have some shooters as well with Williams, who's a, a, a very acceptable shooter. Coleman Hawkins has shown to be a solid, you know, not a solid shooter. You're, you're um, complimenting Coleman Hawkins. That's the time that we need to move on on this. That's very true. Coleman Hawkins is just Austin Day with two left feet. Oh, man. Uh, I, and I a, did and an 11 off. on his ACT. And an 11 on his ACT. Good Lord. I got a joke off in the group text that I do want to share. You you kind of beat me to it with the ball brother thing, but Andre Carbello makes way more sense if he was like LaMelo Ball's or what LaVar Ball's fourth son. He makes way more sense like that. So I, uh, I'm tempted to start calling him Bello Ball just because I want to, but I guess I have to run that by the Carter Elliott cringy factor before I go with that. I'll let you roll with that because nothing can be worse than that. Whatever that Bieber thing you said, that was bad. Uh, I'm trying to even remember who it was. Oh, it was, oh, it was Scooter Braun and Oche Bieber. <laughs> yeah. That it sounds bad, bad, doesn't it? That was pretty bad. Um, I feel like I had something else on Curbelo that I'm forgetting now, but, oh, don't you think if like, okay, you, you said like him talking to himself, like, man, I'm struggling, but like, I'm Andre Curbelo. Like, don't you think if his last name was just like something much more lame that he wouldn't have these cockiness problems? Oh, hundred percent. His name was Andre like Schmidt or something. Yeah. Like no. it just imagine if his name was Brandon Johns, he's not True. coming out like a killer. True. And also while we're here, can we talk about Illinois fans? Sure. Like, sure. 
like with all due actually not with all due respect kiss with my all due disrespect yeah with all honestly with all due respect y'all kiss my ass for real y'all really tried to always get everyone's mentions and complain and bitch all the time it's not my fault that your point guard is averaging more turnovers and assists it's not my fault that kofi colburn can't throw passes out of the post it's not my fault that brad underwood lost all his assistance and now he lost all his damn juice it's, now I understand why he was wearing that face mask last year because he's a fraud who was hiding behind his staff. He's getting circles coached around him. Loyola and the boys coached circles around him last year. It's coming into this year. It's time to have a reality check, Illinois fans. You're not them guys. You're not what you thought you were. I'm, you know, you know how we talked about Michigan to be able to get it together. I think there's way more of a chance that Illinois doesn't get it together than getting it together. Illinois needs to accept that they aren't like a Michigan state, for example, or even a Michigan, for example, like you aren't a top 10 program ever. You aren't going to get to that level. Like if Illinois fans just accepted that they were like a cute middle of the pack, big 10 team, that's in the middle of a good five-year run, like enjoy that. And people would like you guys, like they just have a total, identity problem with who they think they are versus who they actually are and it's very frustrating uh and it again they've antagonized michigan and michigan state fans to no end which is very funny theory when was the last time that illinois men's basketball went to a sweet 16 2005 right Siri, what was the number one song in America in 2005? <laughs> they can't even find it, but good Lord. Like, like humble tough. yourself. That's tough, right. Uh, thank you so much for that, Carter. Anything else on the Big Ten? Do you want to hit on anything Michigan State related? Um, uh, I do want to say that all Michigan State fans that are carrying – a little too much weight on that Butler win. Need to let that go. Butler is a awful basketball team. I just want that to be known. We should have won that game by 20. I think Butler's the worst power six team there is. I do like what I see from Michigan State. I think Battle for Atlantis will tell you a ton about this team. Yes. Uh, I'm going to throw a little public shade at Spartan Hoops DK, who filled in for you last week on Unscripted. DK is a little gassed up on the Spartans right now. DK is drinking the green and white juice. Uh, he was drinking a lot of juice in Hinkle Fieldhouse when I saw him last week. Um, but he is uh, pretty confident in this Michigan State team, talking about, well, if they do well in Atlantis, I think it's time to say MSU could be in a tier of their own as the second tier of the Big Ten Conference. He's talking about they have a top three or four backcourt in the Big Ten right now. And I just, I, I want everybody to slow down a little bit because to your point, Butler was horrible. I don't think we've seen this Michigan State team do anything of note in a game that they have won yet. I think that they have looked competitive against Kansas, which is very meaningful. And they've taken care of all their business since. But Loyola, I'm just going to say it, Loyola is a bitch. And if they come out and beat Loyola by 10, 15 points, then yes, I will buy the green and white. We are, like you said, we are going to find out a lot about Michigan State during Feast Week. Like, this, this is it. 100%. All right, Carr, we've only got like 10 minutes left. I do want to hit some around the country stuff. But before we do, I'm going to spring a little live ad read on you. And I don't even have uh, the correct ad read up right now. So I'm going to try to pull it up on my phone while you tell everybody 
how much we love dimers.com. Let me tell y'all something, man. First of all, dimers, they support the sleepers. They see the vision. Okay. And they're doing some great things over there. They're sponsoring my dog, Greg's daily picks and God forbid he gets hot folks and he will get hot. Let that be known right now. All right. We got the juice. They got their sponsor in our daily picks videos and also talk about free money. All right. There is a promo code that you can use that we will link in this video that you can use to get free bets through various sports books and feed Greg's family and make me happy. And you guys can win some money. Like I don't, if I could give you a con in this situation, I would, but it's just a list of pros, 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 pros. Thank you for that card. And with that, you bought me enough time to get the actual ad read. So I'm going to tell you about something special. That's even more special than what you just said. There's a new offer added to the link that is going to be linked in this video. And I will tell you where that link is right now. But first, this episode is presented by PointsBet. Dimers has teamed up with PointsBet for an exclusive offer for the rest of November, where any new user who signs up with them and bets $50 gets a free Dimers hoodie. Yes, Cart, they're sending both of us a Dimers hoodie, by the way. That's coming to my address. It looks great. To claim the offer, all you got to do is head to the link on our page. That's dimers.com slash sleepers. Click the points bet link. Once you sign up and deposit 50 bucks, you will be able to claim your free Dimers hoodie. And that is not all, folks. New users who claim this offer will also be able to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. So head to the link now, claim and support us, the sleepers, and claim your Dimers hoodie. Uh, that's the end of my official formal ad read. Now, my final little piece to that is, did find out if you do register through that link, dimers.com slash sleepers, in order for Cart and I to make any money on the back end of this, you know what I'm saying? You got to actually deposit a little money. So go ahead, get in there, throw a couple $25 bets together, throw them on the daily picks. Let's all see if we can get hot together. And please do feed my family because I'm going on about a month without a paycheck right now. It's tough. <laughs> We're going to make it happen, though. But do we want to touch around the country real quick before we end this? Yeah, let's let's go around the country. Um, I mean, UCLA-Gonzaga tonight, but by the time people hear this, that game will be over with. So where do you want to start? Uh, let's see here. Uh, what? You all right, big fella? Shit. I, I saw I thought I saw a ghost in the corner of my screen, but I think it was just Colin Gillespie down the stretch of games. I mean, he left. He actually walked out of the room after that. Casper's uh, what you calling him, right? Casper Gillespie? Hey, not hey, not my all American. I'm just saying. What do you think is actually up with that, though? Because as much as we want to clown him, his numbers in those two big games, two big losses, excuse me, uh, are not bad. He had really good first halves in both of those games. In fact, he had good enough first halves for uh, an unnamed national media member to hit our group chat text and clown us, basically. He's very upset that we are anti-Colin Gillespie. Uh, well, Maybe wait until the end of the game to do that because you're 0 for 2 on that this year, clowning us for Gillespie. Everyone wants to tell me about how gritty this kid is, how every coach wants him, how he's a winner, how he just wins, okay? You know, when the going gets tough, the tough get going, okay? And Colin Gillespie, he don't get going, all right? You're supposed to be the All-American, do-everything point guard, and down the stretch – 
you're just getting put in the corner, you're missing layups, and you're riding coattails like you've been doing all four to whatever five years at Villanova. Con Gillespie is what he is. He'll never be the best player on a team. If he is the best player on your team, then you're in trouble. That is what it is. Credit to him for doing his stats. But you know what? Pump the brakes. Everyone's telling me he's this do-all, everything, point guard, winner, gets it done. Mm, I'm good. Give me Jay Nivey over Con Gillespie any goddamn day of the week, and I'm not thinking twice about it. Can I say something nice about Colin Gillespie, or do you not no. even allow that? I can't. No. Okay. No. I won't. I'm going to text you later tonight about it, though. Actually, go um, ahead. Sorry. I got going. Go ahead. I would do so many, so many, so many things to have Colin Gillespie on Michigan right now, and I think you would do the same at Michigan State. That's all I'm saying. I would, I would I, not. I think of how good our two teams would be if we had Colin Gillespie instead of A.J. Hogard and Tyson Walker or Devontae Johnson. I mean, your team would be the same. Y'all both got two losses. Uh, you sick of me. Um, all right. Yeah, Villanova, not it. Let's talk about some other teams that might be overrated. Michigan, I think definitely overrated. Ohio State, to me, was supposed to be, what, like 14th preseason? I don't even think they're a top 25 team right now, although they did get the good win against Seton Hall. Where do you stand on the Buckeyes? You're a noted lifelong Buckeye fan. Yeah, I, I'm. you know what? I'm still – I still, I mean, I'm not going as far as to say that Ohio State shouldn't be in the top 25. I think they're a top 25 team. I think right in that 14 to 15 range is right where they belong. Or, you know, like between 15 and 20, I think is where they'll fluctuate throughout the year. I still think EJ Liddell is that boy. But obviously, uh, they're they're doing the whole point guard by committee thing right now. And I never think that will work. I still think they need Justice Swing to step up. Well, first of all, he needs to get healthy. Second of all, he needs to come back and be more of a playmaker and ball handler for this team. They also need players like Malachi Branham to step up, the freshman. But they got some things out of Michi Johnson. Wheeler has been just, you know, Wheeler, good defender. I mean, doing what he does. Um, I'm still in on the Ohio State team. I think the big, th- the biggest thing I'm taking away from the early part of this basketball season is that there's a lot of teams that were in the top 25 to start the year that were that didn't or that weren't supposed to be there. And there was a great amount of teams that were outside of top 25 that deserved to be there. I need to eat my curl right now. I need to give BYU and Alex Barcelo credit. <clears throat> Never thought I'd see the day. That's a really good basketball team. Arizona, not ranked in the top 25, really good basketball team. Um, Florida, not ranked in the 25, really good basketball team. Florida was uh, ranked in the 25, but not to start the year. They're 23rd right now. But they weren't to start the year is what I'm saying. Okay. okay. They were around. But uh, I think, like you said earlier, like I think the top tier teams, like one through five, is pretty solidified or like one through seven maybe of teams that could, I think, are on a different tier than others. But I think the rest of those teams are all, all make an argument to be in that spot. And also I want to say that St. Bonaventure might be my favorite team in the country. Yes, I'm glad you said that. I want to fire through some quick rapid fire takes from me. And I might do, I was going to do like a little five overrated, five underrated, one of my little quote unquote sleeper short videos. Maybe I'll do that from Florida this week. But um, here are my quick takeaways nationally right now. Texas is not a contender. I don't think they're ever going to be this season. I think they're a mess. I think we should have seen that coming, quite frankly, with how many new guys they have with Chris Beard. Uh, Chris Beard's a great coach. They might factor into the big 12 race, but that team is too sloppy to win in March and just too many random dudes that don't fit together. Memphis and Beard gave, and Beard gave up liquor. 
that too. Memphis is legit. I think they've won all their games by double digits. They haven't played anybody great yet, but like, you know, there was flirtations of Memphis. Like, are they even a top 10 team? I think they're pretty clearly a top 10 team, maybe like a top five team at this point. Want to see them play somebody good though. Tennessee to me is really good. Uh, I think they make more sense this year than they did last year. They lost Kennedy Chandler. They lost Keon John or not Kennedy Chandler. Sorry. Jaden Springer and Keon Johnson. They add Kennedy Chandler. Vescovi's back, but I just like the pieces more. Like I think they fit together better, even if they're less talented. So I'm buying Tennessee at least until March. St. Bonaventure. This is one of my hottest takes. I thought that they could go undefeated. And I thought that they would end up like in the three, four seed line by March. I'm now officially ready to say it, Carter. St. Bonaventure is going to run the table and go undefeated this season. I want to wave that flag. They are my guys. They are my team. I think this is a St. Joseph's 2004 style run where they just got killers. Attaway is a killer. Um, Kyle Lofton is one of the most fun guards in the country to watch. I love these dudes. I'm glad you said it first, but uh, I think they're going to go undefeated legit. Yeah, I love St. Bob. Like I literally, like you said, Lofton, Attaway, the big man, Ocean. Like I love everything about this team. Holmes, the other guard, like. I, yeah, I'm all in on the Bonnies, all in on St. Bonaventure. They have all the makings of a team to make a run uh, in March. So buy that stock now. They play two more high major, quote unquote, high major teams before they get into A-10 play. They are home against UConn, and then they are at Virginia Tech. They win those two games. I'm telling y'all, undefeated alert is there. They will crack the top 10 at some point this season. I can't wait to watch it. Um, you're right about Florida. They're really good. Colin Castleton's a killer. Enjoy watching him. Uh, I feel like I had one other that I'm missing right now. Oh, I really like Houston. Houston blew that game against Wisconsin today where they were just like shell-shocked in the first half. They were down 20 at halftime. But you saw who Houston actually is. They came all the way back, had a shot to win that they should have shot that they didn't shoot at the last play of the game. I'm buying Houston. I think Houston is like a clear top 10 team even with the loss today. And uh, Carter Marcus Sasser is the best guard in the country. I'm not mad at that take, but okay. Before you move on, though, you got to pick right now who wins that conference between Memphis and Houston. Who are you picking? Houston, no brainer. Okay, I'm with you on that still. Yeah, they might. Uh, I think they might have similar records, but I would bet my life Houston wins the head-to-head. I don't know if they play once or twice, but um, too well coached, too tough. They'll hang in there, and I, I really do. Like we're talking about how much the backcourts in the country stink everywhere houston has the best backcourt in the country to me and that will be something to watch out for in march because guards win in march and kyler edwards marcus sasser tramon mark is a killer trio very true all right anything you want to end on i must steal the words uh, from my good friend rob dowster don't sleep on baylor baylor's a really good basketball team people are forgetting about baylor that's all I'm saying. I thought you were going to start calling Doster somebody else, like he calls you Robbie Hummel. That's what you should do. You should just start calling him like some other washed Big Ten player. John Sherna? I don't know. I'm trying to think. Like, I, I they take more of a, like, a look at it. Like, he's, he's Sam Decker with his own production network. Okay. Does that work? Maybe. I think that's pretty complimentary, to be honest. But, hey, Doster, 40 under 40, he deserves it. He does. Also didn't know that Dowster was younger than 40. No. So, 
There goes that. But yeah. honestly, though, if he calls me Robbie Hummel again, he might have to meet me in the streets. I would not want to see that happen to two people that I greatly enjoy. Uh, <laughs> Carter, it was great talking to you, my friend. Let's do some more of these. Enjoy your honeymoon. You. What is this going to be another week off from the sleepers? I assume Meg probably wouldn't be too happy if you're logging into podcast from. Yeah, probably not. But if I can, you know, I'm gonna bring my gear. So if I can get get a quick little short in, we'll see what we can do. At a boy, you keep me posted. Uh, stay tuned. I'll be in Florida, but I'll hopefully try to put some sort of content out. As always, Carter, it is fun talking to you, my friend, and we'll do this soon.